Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. Our purpose is to have fun. Fun we're going to have, no matter what. I'm going to walk you off the plank if you don't have fun. And we have fun talking about small business stuff. Along the way, we'll give you knowledge and tools to succeed with your small business, whether you're just starting out or you've been around for a while. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my business partner, Adam Sunhalder. Adam, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm good. There'll be no fun of any kind, right? That's that's what it feels like the last week or so here in the country. But uh, there should be a lot of fun and a lot of enjoyment, and this, this time, too, shall pass. We're here to kind of bring some fun and liveliness to, to, to the world. And, uh, the sun came up again today, Jack. It's amazing. Isn't it? The sun keeps coming up. Um, depending on who you listen to, you may think it would be otherwise, but... Uh, that's true for your business as well. There are often some days or that you have that might be good or not so good, and you aren't sure if the sun's going to come up the next morning, and yet it does, and you keep on plowing ahead. And uh, there's always there's always opportunities to adjust and modify what you're doing based on what's going on in the world around you. That's that's what makes business so much fun. That is correcto, my boy. <laughs> that is correcto. <clears throat> so we talk about a lot of small business stuff here every week, and small business, as we define it, is usually anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. And the stuff we talk about, Sometimes it could be small. Sometimes it, it could be, pr- you know, pretty big. It just kind of depends what's going on. But there are a lot of different issues and, and challenges that go on with owning companies. That uh, Jack and I have been involved with owning and operating our own companies, about 20 of them, and we've coached and advised hundreds more over the years. And we're going to share some of those stories as we spend time here, not only today but each week, uh, from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern here on uh, on Integrity Radio. We have a good time with our show here, Dirty Secrets of Small Business, and we have a great show for you lined up today. That's what we got for him today, Jack. Okay. Well, we have uh, four segments, and we're going to vary just a little bit here. I always surprise my partner, Adam, here. Never uh, surprised. Always uh, expecting surprises. That's good. Good. Okay. Well, first, uh, the first segment is uh, we like to debunk so many, so many common myths about small business ownership, and we're going to take one on today. We'll uh, tell you what it is, and we'll debunk it. I like that word, debunk. <laughs> Okay, then the next segment's going to be Dirty Secret of the Week. That's what the show's name is all about. And then we'll have something here to uh, kick around and talk about. And by the way, Adam's going to give you ways to uh, contact us and be part of the show. And we strongly, strongly recommend it if you have some ideas and just want to rant, talk, do whatever your, your mindset might be. The third segment usually is a how come segment with a question mark. Usually I ponder the the world and and uh, come up with a, a question that starts with how come this or that exists. But today, we're going to do it just a little bit different. You know, we're in a time period where there's just been an election, and uh, we have a new president in the United States. We're going to kind of talk about that a little bit. Not so much who, but how how that person was elected and how it relates to small business and how do small business owners look at a president. And how does the media kind of uh, frame the issue and get us talking probably in many of the wrong ways? But uh, So we'll, we'll have a little departure from our normal standard segment of the how come. And then the fourth segment is going to be a, a business success story, a small business success story, taken from our deep, deep archives of experience, personal, and uh, as well as our coaching experience. We have hundreds of small business success stories. And... Adam, uh, Adam is going to pull one out. I don't know who it's going to be either, and we're <laughs> going to talk about it as we always do. So, 
All right. So if you want to be part of the show, as Jack was saying, there are a couple ways to be able to do that. Uh, whether you're, you're listening live to us here or if you're listening to the podcast, you can call into the studio here. We're here every Monday from noon to 1 Eastern. And the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. If you don't like to be on the phone and prefer to do it uh, via email, you can, you can shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. Put your question in there. If you have a how question or something, a story that you'd like to share, we'll take a read through it. And uh, worthwhile, we'll put it up on the air and be able to, be able to read it out for you as well. So if you, either way is a great, great way to get a hold of us and, and to be part of the show here. Very good. You know, we, we being Maximum Value Partners, that's our coaching company here. It's Adam and I, and uh, we coach small business owners all over the country. And we have... We have uh, pulled together just a little idea about the word how. So many questions start with that. How do I do this? How do I do that? We basically get owners of small businesses unstuck from that state of how. And you small businesses out there, you owners of small businesses, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you just stop and think about it, you could write down probably 20 times a day, maybe more, questions that start with how that you're using for your business. We're the how guys. We basically uh, help people get unstuck from that state of how. We do a good job of it, and we absolutely love doing it. So, again, you, you got the ways to contact us, be part of the show, have some fun with us, and get unstuck from that state of how. We can help you. We've helped many, many, and we'll help many more, including you. Excellent. So if you want to reach out to us when we're not here on the air as part of the show, you can reach us at uh, 877-849-0670. Again, that number is 877-849-0670. Or check us out online at MaximumVP.com. All right. Our common myth this week that we're going to debunk. 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 All right. (laughs) Our common myth here is that success is about making money. Hmm. It's all about the money, right? Going back to Jerry Maguire, right? Show me the money. (laughs) Well, if it was all about the money, there would be far fewer small businesses out in the world. Because you know what? Most owners of companies, either currently or certainly when they were starting up, made a lot less money than if they were working for somebody else. So if it was all about the money, most folks wouldn't have even started in the first place. Because often it takes months or years to get back to earning the amount of money that, that they're making work, working for somebody else. So it's not about the money. Well, it, it, I, I would agree. It's not, certainly it's not all about the money. Right. You know, it's, uh, uh, you, you have to make money along the way, but there's so many definitions for success. Now, success is one of those very complicated words. But uh, what does it mean? It means you're going to accomplish something that you started out with. you got an aim or a purpose, and you're going to start out trying to accomplish that purpose, that definition. And quite frankly, that to me is what success is all about. Not making a lot of money, the two get sort of, uh, I don't know, tangled up in terms of the importance. People get focused on money, money, money. It's important, and we know that, but there's more to it, which we'll, we'll get into in the next few minutes a little bit. Yeah, they focus on money or toys or whatever it might be. But yeah, you know, I think part of, part of it is kind of giving definition to what success looks like. And I'm going to guess most often it, it's not necessarily as clear, maybe even on day one, but you start to kind of go through things. Let me just throw, throw a few ideas out there in terms of what, what you might be able to use to, to, to 
you know, to define success. And for me, one of the top things, this is as it relates to, to, to owning a company or just, I guess, work in general, which is loving what you do. And this goes for me. This goes back to my earliest days. You know, growing up. Yeah, very true. Growing up, you know, with an owner of, of a company, you know, with, with, with my parents, actually loving what they're doing. For most of the guys, you know, my first job out of school, when I was still in high school was was caddying, and many of the folks I caddied for, you know, Jack being one of them, absolutely love what they do. And Wait a minute, no, I don't. You don't golf anymore. We used to golf a long time ago. You don't have any good caddies anymore. That's part of, part of the that's problem. That's right. That's why I quit. I couldn't find a good caddy. Yeah, if I was still no, caddying, I'd you. still be kind of going. That's I was right. a bad golfer all along. But you you always but, tempered it very nicely. But, it made me feel good. But, but, but most of the folks I caddied for were folks who absolutely loved what they were doing. And, and I spent a bunch of time in, you know, in New York City, and I, I met a bunch of people there who were all about the money. All about the money. And very unfulfilled, unhappy, kind of biding their time. And it was very foreign to me to not really love what you're doing or really enjoy what you're doing, really be so focused on the money. So, you know, to me, loving what you do is is a big definition of success. Because at that point, it's not work. Well, that's true. You know, it's it's really success is achieving quality of life. Now, it's a it's a very subjective comment. What does that mean? But as you start to analyze success, which I did, you know, knowing that that was going to be our topic today, uh, you know, money's certainly one of them. Uh, you know, that helps uh, a certain quality of life. But quality of family, quality of community time, uh, relationships, not, well, some people like wide-reaching relationships. Uh, to me, a handful of very close, very close relationships. Being respected for working and having uh, some useful knowledge and helping people be better those are ways to define success other than just money. And I think good people are trying to incorporate those into their lifestyles. Yeah. And so, you know, it's never too late to, to define that success or, or, or to be able to look at it. But, it, you know, it's usually multiple parts of it. You know, you hit on a lot of great, great points there, Jack, in terms of the, the overall quality of life, what that means. And it's very personal for, for, for people. And some people may be, hey, they, they, they want to work a lot, and that's okay, too. And if you do it for yourself, chances are you'd rather do it for yourself versus doing it for somebody else. That's, you know, that's so important. You know, people malign, hey, how come you want to work all the time? Well, <laughs> I like to work all the time because I love working, you know? Yeah. It achieves not only the immediate success of, of making profits, but, you know, everything else that, that I incorporate and hold dear in my life. You know, so well, it ties back into the, the one of the, the, the first points I made here. If you love what you do, it's not really work. People have you know this idea of work where it's it's very tough and you know not you know not a bunch of fun and everything else. But if, if you're having a good time doing your work, it's not like work. You know, and, and there's there's tremendous satisfaction you get from moving things along and taking something that that, that didn't exist before, and all of a sudden you you have ideas that that become reality or helping people out. You know, whoever it might be, there's a big part of running a company that can be very very satisfying so it's not a job we, are, we always separate jobs and entrepreneurship and uh the two are worlds apart yes they are all right so make sure you're always conscious of and defining your own version of what success means all right stick around when we come back we're going to reveal our dirty secret of the week mm, i'm adam okay. sunhalter and i'm jack mancini with maximum value partners and as we said we're business coaches we coach owners of small companies how to get unstuck from all those how questions Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, 
and WINTradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, Most Valuable Player. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. You know, I know you have those questions. I know you have them. Every small business owner out there has them. And we're great to, to bounce them off of. So we answer so many how questions, it's unbelievable, and we love doing it. So try us out. That's correct. And if you'd like to be part of the show, whether you may, you may have your own how question you'd like to share or kind of throw it up here on the air or maybe, maybe one of your own stories as well, we always invite you to call in here. We're here every Monday from noon to 1 Eastern. Uh, the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. If you don't want to be on the air that way but would like to get something on the air, you can also email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. We always encourage our listeners to be part of the show here and you know, certainly add a lot of good flavor to it. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to head over to our second segment here, which is our, our Dirty Secret of the Week, which is what our show is named for, right? We're, we're, we're the Dirty Secrets of Small Business. So our dirty secret this week is your banker really can't help you if you know how to help him help you. Wait a minute. Lots of help. I know. Let me say that again. All right. Because help's important, right? It is. So your banker banker really can't help you if you know how to help him help you. So I I was going through this in the first segment too, Jack. I keep having flashbacks to Jerry Maguire, right? The money, show me the money, and then help me help you. And okay, so <laughs> I have Tom Cruise and uh, you know in my brain today. That's all right. That's all right. He's so, a good guy to have. So most folks don't know how to help their banker. As a matter of fact, most owners these days don't really know their banker very well. It's not the way it used to be, where you used to have the same banker for 15, 20, 30 years. Now you're lucky to have the same banker for a year because people transition a lot. Either they do well and get promoted or they get plucked away to go somewhere else um, or they decide banking is not for them. But it's not unusual when when we're talking with small businesses where over the course of five years, they may have three, four, five different bankers. That's right. The whole business of banking at at the smaller company level especially has changed dramatically over the years. And there, you know, bankers are like anybody else, trying to do their work and try and do their job. They can only go so far. Most small business owners aren't prepared very well to present their company. That's something we coach. We coach and insist on people if they stay with us and stay coachable. They're going to be able to present to anybody with confidence right on, right on the money. And that helps a small banker help you, which is Adam's whole point here of the dirty secret, uh, if, if, you know, that banker has to carry the water to a committee, he has to convince other people that your company is, is uh, bankable. And if you present a good story with all the right kinds of schedules, with all the right kind of rationale and, and uh, basically convey confidence, you're going to help that banker kind of navigate through the process pretty quickly. If you go in there stumbling, stuttering, I uh, have no clue what the heck you're talking about and can't support anything, just that you want and need the money. What the heck? Who's going who's gonna <laughs> to give it to you? If you find somebody, let us know. You know? Well, if you've asked the question or asked the question that we get a lot, which is, hey, aren't banks in the business of loaning money? <laughs> you know, we get, we've got to ask that question a lot. And yes, they are, uh, but they aren't necessarily in the business of taking a lot of risk. 
And so there are a couple things that you can do. Okay, first of all, you know, have regular communication with your banker. By regular, maybe quarterly at, at minimum. And it could be simple having a coffee or a lunch or invite them, you know, invite them to your place of business. But just get to know them a little bit so they get to know you as well. Now, if, if your banker's a putz, that's a whole different story. But for the most part, Adam is right on the money. Okay, well, no, you got to suck it up. Well, if, if you're regularly <laughs> communicating with that bank, you'll know if they're putz pretty quick, right? Now, that's the case. Trust me, the bank wants your business, right? And if your banker is a, is a schmuck, you can get a new banker, okay? <laughs> it's in that bank's interest to be, able to be able to make that start to happen. To Jack's point, you've got you know, to be able to tell them a story, but make sure you go to them before, before you need the money. That's right. The last thing you want to do is go to a banker who you don't really know very well and go to them when you're desperate for, for cash that you need next week. Well, the likelihood of that happening are, 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 are slim and none because you know, they, they, they aren't going to go to bat for you. And they aren't set up to, to, to make things happen that quickly. So as, as silly as that sounds, yes, they are in the business of, of, of lending money. And you have to go to them when you don't really need the money. Wow. Okay. Wait, that goes back to the, all the help words that you had in uh, the right. dirty secret. So help them. <laughs> so make sure you go there where you, don't really, where you aren't desperate for that money. That's, that's a key thing. The Jack's point about learning how to present your numbers, okay? You'll get a lot of forms with banks usually. Or they have lots of questions. And too many owners will punt at this, and they'll, they'll kick things over to their, their CPA or their insurance person or their attorney versus them filling this stuff out or asking questions. If you don't know why they're asking for something, be sure to ask them about it. Well, that's, you know, that's part of the confidence. That's part of the knowledge. You know, we coach as business coaches. We coach. We we have a uh, what we call our seven keys to success, and we define success in this case as growing sustainable profits. And if you master those seven keys, and we have several clients who have done that and continue to do it, you can go anywhere because your company is going to be successful, profitable. You're not, you're going to know how to talk the game. You're going to have the confidence. And the help that, that is in this title here for the dirty secret is going to be forthcoming because you're so good. Who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to invest if you invest in you if your company's profitable? You know how to explain where you're going. You know how to explain where you've been. You know how to talk financial language. You know how to talk about your markets and your people. And you have good supporting schedules and whatever it takes with your banker's advice. Not only will you get what you want, but you're going to get your own reputation within that bank that, hey, this, this guy or gal really knows what the heck they're talking about. And that's what we like to do with our clients. And when you go to a banker prepared and knowledgeable, and you can get there, surprisingly. A little bit of coaching, you can get there pretty quickly. Yeah, if you're, if you're wondering what those seven keys, and Jack was kind of going through them. He wasn't naming all seven keys, but he's touching on different parts of those. If you go to MaximumVP.com, there's a link there uh, for the MVP playbook. And there's a great little visual there for our seven keys. If you touch on all those, and the seventh one is presenting, so you're going to present those other six. If you touch on all those as part of what you're talking to the banks about, you, you, you'll be sure to be very, very well received. And we had a great story with you just recently with a client of ours who was looking to go get some additional funds from his bank. And they had just increased the line of credit about 18 months ago. And was going to go back again and try to get, try to get some additional money. So as we got him prepared for this, one of the things that we discovered is he wasn't asking for enough. 
Yeah, he's at about a half a million or so in terms of his line of credit. He wanted to get like another hundred or two hundred thousand. Wait, that's a big that's a big number for a lot of smaller companies. A half a million is a big deal, and he's going to go up the ladder even more so. But we've been coaching him, and he is successful, and that means he's been growing and. The sophistication of his business changes too. But go on, Adam. I'm, well, no. So as we told him, so why don't you ask for a little bit more? Because you could certainly make the case for, for for needing more of it. So why don't you ask for a million instead? And if what happens if they come back and they only give you seven fifty, you're still ahead of where you'd been before. And he said, okay, that that makes sense. As we're going through coaching him up on part of this process, what he what he had was what we described before in terms of he had a new banker, and not only was this, this person a new banker for him, this person was new to the company too, and they they were new to the bank. And so what we talked about was, you know, make sure you ask lots of questions to understand the bank's process. You know, Jack mentioned this committee thing. Each bank's going to be a little bit different. It's important for you as, as the owner to understand their process as far as who's making decisions, who's in, who's in charge here. Because what happened was, we, you know, we, we talked about the fact that the person he was talking to probably couldn't give the approval that he, that he needed. Because chances are a lot of these bankers can, can only approve a certain amount of loans. So what happened was he, he asked you know, this banker about the question, and she brought somebody else with her who could approve those kind of things and had a very quick meeting within within 20 minutes of, uh, of the first discussion the banker is now selling them uh, selling him on, on additional services that that they, that they wanted to provide turn the table right around they did get that million bucks and by the way our clients are 1 to 25 employees most of them start out with credit lines much much lower somewhere around 25 50,000 bucks and we start to help them take it up the ladder to support their growth too all right, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to be chatting about the presidential election and the impact on small businesses. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you. We, we can. We have a lot of fun helping people because the stuff we do works. So pick up that uh, phone, get on your computer, get on your phone, get on whatever the heck you're getting on, but uh, contact us and we can help you out. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. What the heck does that mean? You have a million how questions during your day, and you turn around and look at the people who you can ask those how questions to. It's probably not too encouraging. But if you ask us, we'll have answers. There are very few small business questions that we have not seen or handled in our 15-year history. We've been together 15 years, and we've seen an awful lot. That's right. And if you want to be part of the show or if you have a question, you want to try to stump the coaches here, feel free to give us a shout. We're here every Monday from noon to 1 Eastern. The, the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. Or you can shoot us an email at radio at maximumvp.com with your questions or thoughts. Be happy to get them on the air here as well. All right. So we're going to take a little uh, detour here. We're going to talk about what just happened here in the last week, which is we've just recently elected a president-elect for our country. And there's a lot of discussion about it and everything else. We always, like we always do, take take a small business um, view of this. And we want to talk a little bit today about what this means for the small business folks. So, Jack, you had some notes down there you wanted to kind of chat about to get things started here, but that's 
Let's chat yeah, about this. let's uh, let's see where this goes. And we, you know, if we get some call-ins, that'd be terrific because I think everybody, small business owners, that's what we're focused on. But everybody seems to have an opinion on this election, and that's a good one. And keep in mind, there's 28 million small businesses in this country, so that's a pretty big constituency to uh, sort of cater to, if you will. Now, in that spirit, let me ask this question: You know, what characteristics do you? Do you out there, do you look for in a president that is favorable to business? In other words, what kind of things made you vote for whoever you voted for? And are those things, are those characteristics basically something that the media has framed? So that's what you're talking about. Or do you have any any other ideas? And I know you do. We all do. We all have specific ideas that we'd like to see change or at least see incorporated. So I, what I did was kind of create two little categories, if you will. And as you think of these characteristics, don't just think media. And I'll, I'll try to describe that a little bit, what I mean by that. But try to think this way. What characteristics are best for the country in a new president? Much like your company. What is the decisions that you make? The decisions that you make should be made with the idea of being best for your company. What should be best for our country? And then what should be best for you, the small business owner? And I think much of what we talk about is media-framed, and I'm pretty critical of the media because very few of them have owned businesses themselves. They, they spend a life uh, of, of basically reporting on everyone else's travails here and successes, and they don't honestly know what the heck they're talking about. Now, that's a big generalization. But I'll stick to it, and I'll, uh, well, I'll, I'll have a battle with anybody who wants to, to talk it, about that one. It couldn't have been more apparent if, if anybody watched any of the media coverage of, of this past election. Uh, every channel you turned on to, the, you could see the, the, the absolute surprise by all the folks who were reporting it and, and just showing their disconnect, to your point, Jack, in terms of where, where people are and where, where the people of this country are and just the regular folks versus these media elite folks are. So they are very, very disconnected. We have to keep that in mind as we're trying to form our own opinions here. That's, that's correct. Well, well said, Adam. Okay, is business experience on a large level or government experience more desirable? And how did you answer that in your, in your process, if you answered it at all? And uh, let me, like we say, especially with me, I like to ramble a little bit. So let me ramble a little bit. And I'll come back to the yeah, point. You haven't started rambling yet. Let's go. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, Adam you're usually very, brings it back you're very, to the Yeah, you're very focused right now. Let's go. Let's get it Okay. Moving. Now, another question. Things can be done for you or what's best for the country. That's what I said before. I have a little, a little uh, uh, illustration, a visual of that. And I look at a big pendulum, like on a big grandfather clock where you see a pendulum going left to right. Now, I'm old enough to uh, remember Vietnam in the 60s when that pendulum was a hard push over to the right. And uh, it, it basically resulted in tremendous unsettling and protest. And, and uh, it was a world that basically uh, uh, was, was more wild than what's going on today. Well, that pendulum had to be brought under control and started to swing to the left. And it's taken two generations to finally get it to the point where it was on the right side 40, 50 years ago to where now it's too far left. And what's so great about this country is basically that pendulum keeps swinging 
left, right, left, right. And the best time to be alive is when it's 10% of center, okay? That's me rambling here a little bit. Okay. But picture the pendulum. We're too far left. Things like political correctness, absolutely crazy time. This whole elitist business, it's real. It's a small group of people who who basically have, have evolved into the power structure of this company at at the expense of the masses, if you will. The majority, for sure. Now, do we think beyond media framing? Or do we let the TV basically tell us what we're looking at? Let me give you just a couple of examples of that. Does When you define what characteristics that you look for in a president and what could he do or she do, um, you know, the, the kinds of things, less intrusive regulations, lower taxes and a simpler code, limit outsourcing and free trade, immigration. Uh, who, who thinks like that? That's the media kind of thinking. You as a small business owner would love to see two regulations eliminated for every one that's created. You'd like less talk about minimum wage and overtime regulations and health care changes and access to capital and all these friggin' mandates as somebody who in your mind, and quite frankly, my mind, pokes into your attempt to do your business, and they don't know what the heck they're talking about. So is that how you look at the world, or do you look at it a little differently? You're ticking off things I had on my list already, Jack, for all, all these things, right? That's a media, a media-framed discussion. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it, but in terms of how you think about what, what's impacting you, taxes are obviously a big thing that most people feel very, you know, feel it in their pocketbooks, right? If, assuming you are paying taxes, the, the regulation piece again, um, it's a lot of little things, and there's so many of them that are out there. It, what may seem small and inconsequential is just adding to the heap and, and the burdens to help to to take care of stuff. I guess you know from a bigger picture standpoint, you know, do you do you want more more or less government? To me, that, that that's always a good question to kind of think about. And as you're as you're trying to ponder that question, try to think about your your, your last interaction with the government. Was it positive or negative? Did it feel good, like it was very efficient? Like you know, when you go to a fine restaurant and things seem pretty good, that you're and they're on top of stuff. Just works, or, right? Yeah, or you go to or you go to a, to a nice hotel where again things work well, seems very efficient and and well run, or or is it frustrating and kind of cumbersome? Well, let me let me add something to that, Adam. Okay, like when we're talking minimum wage and we're talking overtime regulations, is that? Are those the types of characteristics that we want in our president? And does that basically benefit what's best for the country? And I'm going to say, no, you've got to be more general. And I think a lot of people get very specific. The president isn't going to get around to, to minimum wage if he, if he or she ever does in four years. But if you start to look at the big picture, and I'm talking big picture, what's best for the country, Start with that pendulum going right or left. It's got to go. It's got to go to the right now. But do we want somebody who's an outside executive and has an outsider executive viewpoint worldwide, with that kind of experience, or do we want somebody who's only been with government their whole career? And you know, to me, that answer is pretty easy as a small business owner. And I can be, you know, do we want somebody who, who can be objective and bring a fresh business perspective to the table? Somebody who's a career politician won't even come close to that viewpoint, can't understand it, 
won't do it. You'll get lip service, and that's, I think, one of the big areas that's been fueling this discontent with with uh, small business owners and people who, who are afraid of their job and the fear they feel is, is the economic feel, that nobody's in touch with, with their problems. And to me personally, an attack on political correctness. I absolutely think political correctness is a cancer right along with, with this lobbying cartel that exists. You know, I was reading um, uh, a, a Los Angeles Times article over the weekend and this lobbying cartel, the aides to congressional people, be it senators or congresspeople, uh, congresspeople themselves and senators themselves, they're offered jobs while they're in power with huge sums, huge sums awaiting for them when they leave Congress. And this creates all kinds of issues that, that basically, I think, are at the heart of this elitism. I mean, I go there, I go there, and I can... Uh, serve my my country supposedly and I can jump off and get a million and a half dollar job with the lobbying company doing what so things piss me off there's no question about it and I'd like more time because sure, we're, we're going to explore this I think a little more rather than the how come some sometime we'll mix it up but I'll well, say so if you want we can when we come back and break here Jack we can we can pick this back up again if you want to go into this a little bit more that's okay with it that's okay with me too let's keep chatting about it you're very passionate about it and Okay. It's kind of fighting. I got some, yeah, yeah some bring it back up again. Yeah. And yeah okay. So, all right. So stick around. When we come back, we'll, we'll keep this conversation kind of going again. If you have some questions or ideas you want to kind of throw in, give, you know, give some of your opinion, too. Give us a call here in the studio at 440-946. I'm sorry. Yeah, 946-9468. That's 440-946-WINT. Uh, stay tuned. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We know you're stuck with some how questions. Everybody is. Uh, the, big, the, the big thing is who do you talk to for answers to those how questions? Well, we're the ones. We're the, we're the Ghostbusters. All right. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches who help owners of small companies get unstuck from that state of how. Hey, give us a call, contact us, however you got to do it. We're great people to have in your corner because we deliver results and we have fun doing it. All right, we're going to keep going with our prior segment here. Where we're talking about the impact and, and your view on terms of what makes a good president for this country as a small business owner. What are you looking for? And Jack put a lot of questions out there, so if you have some thoughts about it, I'd be happy to respond here. We've got a few minutes still to go here in the show. You can reach us here in the studio at 440-946-9468. Now, one of the things you were talking about, Jack, in terms of who, you know, who would you like me to, to have in there? And for me, it's a question of inside versus outside to a certain extent. So if you have a problem or, or things are going on, is somebody on the inside likely to fix it or somebody on the outside likely, likely to fix it? So this is not like a small private company where there may, may be some unknown things that are going on internally. This is a pretty big thing, you know, the, 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 the U.S. government. So there's a lot of... Not too uh, much bigger in this world, right? Well, there, my point is that there's a lot of knowledge about what some of the issues are. And we have the, the, the ever-quotable Frank Jackson here in Cleveland. This is something that uh, <laughs> another radio personality here in the Cleveland area always plays, talks about the fact that they know what the problem is, and you know they, they've known it for years. They just haven't done anything about it. 
And to me, that, 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 that resonates very, very well with what's going on here with the U.S. as well. We're, we're, it's not that we don't know what the problem is. This is a, that, that nobody's done anything about it, and, and the machine has gotten so big that people haven't been able to kind of get out of their own way. And to bring some common sense business perspective to stuff. So um, as opposed to the politicians who are making decisions based on something that they've never had to live through before, that, that, that simple perspective of, of understanding what it means to put, you know, whether it be regulations, whether it be, you know, additional taxes, whether it be uh, additional guidelines that are going to crimp your ability to run the company the way you'd like to run the company. It's going to be, you know, it's very, very onerous that you can talk about it, but until you've experienced those those shackles or, or those handcuffs, you, you don't really appreciate what it's like. Well, you, can, you can almost understand how things have evolved. You know, this country has worldwide reach, and the organization has literally millions of people on the payroll in one form or another, direct or indirect, not excluding or excluding the military, okay? And you, you have all this, this massive motion going on worldwide, and it's constantly changing. And to bring somebody in power as President of the United States who has no clue about worldwide organizations and trying to get things done through worldwide organizations is one of the biggest problems we have. And the media and most people, most people, most of us in this, in this country don't have the education and experience to understand what an outside executive with worldwide responsibility and success has. So we tend to move down towards what's best for us in our small business. And I, believe me, I, I, I think these are absolutely good and things that should be done. But from what's best for the country, we got to start with basically somebody who could deal, deal with the outside world from a fresh vantage point. If you have somebody who's grown up 20, 20, 30 years in, in this environment, the environment of running the U.S. government is dysfunctional by any management analysis. Totally dysfunctional. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that the media who also has never run anything in their life can critique somebody like, like uh, a, a, a world-class business executive is outlandish. It's totally outlandish, and that's where we sit. It's so hard to make up your mind and get good factual information about who would you choose for the President of the United States in terms of putting that hat on of what's best for the country. Well, yeah, let me, let me get, make a couple points here, Jack. So, uh, and... and President-elect Trump is not the first business person to, to run for office. He's the first person to, to, to do it from a president's standpoint, certainly in modern history. But there, there, there were a lot of business folks recently who, who've run for, whether it be for Congress or local stuff or Senate, you know, and they had some successes. One of the biggest differences in frame of reference with a business owner versus a, versus a politician is your own money. The idea of spending your own money versus somebody else's money. That, 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 that mindset is very, very different. So for those of you who run companies, you, you know, again, you aren't, you know, easily spending money left and right. You want to make sure that what you're going to spend it on makes a lot of sense. To me, that's one big, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing to kind of think about, too, is just how different, you know, one of the things that, that, that I'm very excited about is that the campaign that was run, tapping into things like social media and, 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 and PR stuff to, to, to not have to spend. The idea of having to, having to spend a billion plus dollars Crazy. to get elected is absolutely nuts. It is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yep. So Trump didn't do that. 
Well, part of the reason why is, again, he's looking at spending his own money for, for a good chunk of this versus somebody else's money, just keep raising more and more and more, but finding things in order to, to be totally against the grain. So to me, it's, it brings some fresh outside thinking to stuff, and to me, it shows that it connects with people. He's thinking about it from a business standpoint in terms of who's my market here, right? And, and, and for him, it was voters, and there are a lot of different voters who are out there. And there's, and there's different ways to be able to reach them. But he was able to, 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 to tap into something that, that people were missing who are, who are in their ivory towers or, or, or busy talking to each other, they missed a huge, huge market that he was tapping into. And it was right there for them. I mean, it, 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 like any marketing endeavor, you have to understand who your target is. And once you understand your target and you do a little more research, you're going to ultimately come up with a message to appeal to those people. We teach this all the time in our business. And once you do that, and if you do it successfully, you're going to be a winner. And there's no mystery to it. He tapped He tapped the concern of a big majority of people in this country. Now, why is that? The same people who blew it are the same people who are trying to explain it, which is typical. Usually in a turnaround situation, if you were to take a company, the same people who got the company in a mess are often the same people who are going to try to turn it around. And they're usually the worst people to turn it around. So if we can get things like political correctness, I, I, I have to keep saying this, you know, the fact in this country that we can't talk about any subject, use any words, is absolutely outrageous. That is truly the proper word for and circumstances for outrageous. People should be able to talk about anything in this company. And if you start boiling across the table from me, so be it. We should just be able to restrain ourselves enough to get through that, that conversation as heated as it may be. But the fact that we can't talk about so much and all these cockamamie ideas that are, are popping up and frivolous lawsuits is just not the United States that I certainly grew up in knew and don't like what's going on. And I tend to think that's another message that basically has resonated. And a guy like Donald Trump, I just cannot see him being politically correct. So that's wonderful, in my opinion, because he's going to start the pendulum swinging the other way on that regard. Well, so from a, from a business standpoint, again, you know, we talk about marketing from targets and message and channels. So, you know, seeing different targets that, that were out there that, that, that were being ignored, but again, had, had, every, had every power to vote. The message, you know, I think if you ask anybody in, in the U.S. today what Trump's message was, make America great again, I think almost everybody you know, could, 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 could tell you that, right? Keep it real simple. And again, doing it through less expensive means. Social media, he was leading the, you know, the, the top story on, on many of these different uh, uh, you know, news cycles. You know, again, just doing different things, keeping himself being talked about. So tapping into what that, that, that machine was there to be able to use it to his, to, you know, to his ability. So from a marketing standpoint, my guess is that there are going to be some fantastic case studies about this. Oh, boy. You know, studying right. and, doing it. And, and what can you take and learn from this? to now apply to your small business but going against the grain and not not doing everything everything you know that, that everybody's telling you to do well everybody else is doing it this way if you keep hearing that chances are you probably you probably got to stop and maybe go a different direction that's correct be just like everybody else you're going to wander and, and wander around in that state of how but uh, you're you're basically going to get depressed you know unless you kind of flap your own wings and go your own direction with what you think you should do not what's being told to you to do big big difference because the people telling you they don't have a damn clue and their their influence has been totally outsized and i think this election has 
has shown that. We're trying to figure out the the uh, aftershock to us. It's never been an aftershock. We always saw Trump versus uh, Clinton. We we always saw Trump being the guy. So uh, we're happy in this corner, and I, I think uh, rightfully so. All right, so we appreciate you joining us again th- for this week's edition of 30 Secrets of Small Business. You're invited to join us here every Monday from noon to 1 Eastern. Uh, you can give us a call in between at 877-849-0670. Okay, we work hard. We work hard to build long-term relationships. And yep. we're, your, we're, your, we're your best advisors. We are the best business advisors for small businesses that you're going to find. That's right. Feel free to, uh, to join us here every Monday on Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, uh, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and WINTradio.com.